This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. Know that person, that person meaning who you're going to marry. Amen. Um, um, we feel like we've put a lot of attention on people that are already married. There's a lot of individuals that are still single, and um, we want to talk to them about how to know that person to marry. So I want us, by a show of hands, how many people are not married? Now, I don't want to use the word single, but how many people you are not married? Amen, 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 all over the room. Today is your day. Glory to God. Amen. So we're going to go on a journey this morning, and I think I want you to please fasten your seatbelt. Get ready, get ready, get ready. I'm very high. Glory to God. Get ready, get ready, get ready, because we're going on a journey, and we want to know how a lot of people, a lot of people that are single, they want to know how, how do I know that that is the person I'm supposed to marry? So the first thing that I would like to say is that there is no particular person that God wants you to marry. Can I get an amen? There is not a particular person that God said, if you don't marry her or if you don't marry him, it's over for you. There is no particular person that God wants you to be with. Not a particular like, oh, you know what, if this, if these guys don't work out, you might as well forget it. It's over. There's no such thing. Amen. It is also important for you to understand that God, oh, it is not only one person out there for you. It's not only one person out there for you, but there are several individuals that can fit into the category of who you can marry. So some individuals actually feel like, oh, there's this soulmate. And they're looking for the soulmate. And they're looking for this, this one soulmate. And if I don't miss, if I miss this soulmate. In fact, there are some individuals that are older. They feel like the reason why they are not married is because somehow they missed their soulmate already. There is not just one person that you can be with. Amen. So what I mean by that to, um, to get a little bit more detail is let's say some, some individual um, lost a spouse that they felt like, you know, this was like, you know, the love of my life, this, that, and the other, this person I spent years building with and all that. And then they die, you know, go to glory. And then does that mean that there is nobody else that can meet that need? Absolutely not. So that's why when I say that, it's not just one person that can fit the category of a spouse or a potential spouse. It's not just like, oh, you know, one person is made, I have a partner, you know, and that partner is what God has ordained, and if I miss them, then it's over. That's it. Or if I don't, if they don't propose to me, that's it. Or if I don't propose to this girl, I'm never gonna find a wife, no. Whatever it is that is in that individual, you can see in others as well. So we have situations where, you know, you're in a relationship with someone and it doesn't work out. You know, there was uh, one of our uh, sisters in the Lord who she was in a relationship with someone 
and she thought, hey, everything was going pretty good and everything, but it was a long distance relationship. I think she was here in San Antonio and the guy was in another, another state. And so they were, you know, in a relationship. It wasn't like there was any, you know, questions about it. They were in a relationship. And the next thing she knew is her friend that went to the same church that he goes to. Now, we're talking Christians that goes to the same church, calls her and said, Pastor just introduced your boyfriend that he's getting married. She almost lost it. Like, I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> But that is another example of knowing that even though you're set on marrying a particular person and it doesn't work out, it doesn't mean that God is not going to um, give you inspiration to open your eyes and see another. There are many people that have so many wonderful characteristics that you can find in a, in a spouse. So I want us to get out of that mindset of soulmate. There's only one soulmate. No, there is people of God, and you have to have the grace and the discernment to be able to pick, and we're going to go through that. But I want to just clear up a few things. Um, I also want to say that um, the Bible says that a man that findeth a wife finds a good thing and obtain favor from God. Notice it's you notice the scripture is saying a man that finds a wife, not that God is going to find that person for you. You having the spirit of God in you will be able to use the spirit of the Lord that is on the inside of you. The same way you can decipher that this person, there's just something about them that's just not right. It's the same lenses you put on to say that I have the spirit of the Lord in me. And you can pray and say, Lord, give me, give me extra vision to see this person who they truly are. Because, you know, the truth is everybody puts their best foot forward. And we keep all the other junk in the back until we finally know that we have the person and we're married now, so you let it all out. This is who I, you know, my husband, he jokes with me all the time when I complain. I'm like, honey, I don't like, I don't like that. I don't like that. That's what you're married. That's what you're married. He knows I'm stuck. <laughs> Glory to God. So, but I mean, he just jokes about it. My husband has changed a lot over the years. And I want to also say that the way you are when you're single or when you're unmarried, when you get married, there's going to it's going to marriage is going to require a lot of changes. Amen. So I said that a man that findeth a wife finds a good thing and then obtains favor from God for finding a wife. So it is your responsibility, yeah? So you don't sit on you know sit down and be like Lord you know whatever you know you 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 you're gonna bring me my wife you know God can give you vision and say she's good she has great qualities that she 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 can she can be a good wife for you not that God is gonna drop them on your lap and be like Lord thank you for my wife and they're gonna come right from heaven whoop I've seen a bunch of stuff on on YouTube. And, and also other social media platform where they'll have different sizes of women. And then, I don't know, has anybody seen that? And they have a bucket. And then when the slim ladies are coming, he, he I don't want that. 
He must be an African. <laughs> Another slim lady is coming. I don't want that. And then when a, when a, a voluptuous woman he catches it, that's what I want. You know, so that's not really how it's going to happen. Can I get an amen? Your husband or your wife is not going to drop from heaven. I also want to spend a little bit of time on cultural mindset that has kind of, um, I don't really want to use the word enslave, but kind of is what I'm saying is enslaved us because of our cultural mentality. And I wanted to point out that you don't have to marry. And that's very difficult for us um, knowing our background um, and our culture that, what, what do you, I don't have to marry. Yeah, you actually don't have to. You know, so we don't ever give the option to individuals who don't want to marry. We only have that pressure of, you know, 30, 30, 30, 30. Time is clicking. You, you know, what, what are you doing? And people in the church starts embarrassing you and saying, 30, 30, what you doing? Where's your husband? You know, or like mom is putting that pressure on you. You know, 30, 30, what are you doing? But the Bible lets, it, lets us know that we don't actually have to marry. And so I want us to look at the scripture because it's such a major cultural sensitivity on that. We must, we must, we must marry. I want to spend a little bit of time on that before we go into how do you then, if you do desire to get married, um, how, do you do, how do you go about it? So what I want us to look first is, what does the scripture say about marriage? Do you have to get married? I'm going to have Ade read for me this morning. And the first um, set of scripture that we're going to read is in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. We're going to read from verse uh, chapter 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 from 7 to 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, um, 7 to 9. You can either read NLT is what you have. KJV. Or New King James. KJV. KJV, that's fine. You can read that. KJV. For I, for I would that all men were even as myself, but every man hath his proper gift of God, one after this manner and another after that. I say therefore to the unmarried and widows, it is good for them if they abide even as I, but if they cannot contain, let them marry, for it is better to marry than to burn. Praise God. So it's clear there that Paul says that, look, I wish everybody was like me. Because we all know that Paul did not marry. Yeah, he was like, it would be better for you to be like me and don't marry. But if you know that that's not your category, you know. You know that that's not your category of being single forever. You know, you love the Lord, but you know, you also want to love a man. Amen, somebody. You love the Lord, but you also want to love a woman. God says that that's okay. But I, we must keep in mind that it's not mandatory as our culture tells us and the demand and the pressure that you have to. Some individuals are very ministry-minded. I have a young lady now that uh, you know, I'm mentoring, very ministry-minded. She wants to serve God. That's her passion. Her parents have to get used to the idea, even though they come from a, an African background, that this girl is called and she wants to do ministry. But she also wants to marry. But there might be some individuals who say, you know what? I just want to focus on this and I want to be, especially, you know, individuals that have been married before, they were widows, and they choose 
that they want to not marry anymore. It is okay. So what I want to say about that is don't let anyone, society or anyone, push you, stress you to forcing you to do what you don't feel led to do. Most especially individuals that in the categories of widows, if you do not choose to marry again, make it clear, that's not my, I don't want to do it. Oh, you're young though, thank you. I wanna use my youngness to do other things. I've been married before. And I don't want to do it again. The Bible says, till death do us part, and death has done us part. There can be some people like that. Not because they had a bad marriage, but one marriage is enough for a lifetime. Glory to God. For many years, you know, I threatened my husband all the time. You know, because if I want to, most especially, I hope that's not witchcraft, though. Most especially when I want him not to eat what I'm saying, don't eat, because I want him to last, right? So I'd be like, you know what, honey? I said, don't eat that. Don't drink that soda. Don't. And he was like, yeah, I'm not going to. Okay. And I'd be like, okay, okay, because guess what? If you die, I'm going to marry. I'm just trying to let you know, if you go today, I am not going to be one of those women that be like, oh, you know what? And you know, I'm not going to marry. He said, I told him I will marry. And then my husband said, no, you're not. No, you're not going to get married. I'm going to hunt you. I'll be a ghost. <laughs> we joke like this all the time. Because like I'm like, I'm trying to tell you not to eat. I want you to last. But if you're not going to listen to me, you die. I'm going to get married. I'm cute. And you know, I got a lot of energy. I'm, I'm going to get married. And he was like, no, you're not. So, but the truth is some individuals feel like one marriage is enough. So I want us to look a little bit further. And we're going to read that same chapter 7. I want us to read now 25 through 28. 25 to 28. <laughs> 25. Now concerning virgins, I uh -huh. have no commandment of the Lord. Yet I give my judgment as one that hath obtained mercy of the Lord. To right. Be so he's saying that this is not a commandment. He's now talking about virgins, people, because we've talked about people who were once widowed. If you choose to marry again, it's okay, the Bible says. If you don't, don't let society put pressure on you. Now he's talking specifically on people that you've never married before. You're a virgin. Vir virgin. Go ahead. I suppose, therefore, that this is good for the present distress. Uh -huh. I say that it is good for a man so to be. Art thou bound unto a wife, seek not to be loosed. Okay. Art thou loosed from a wife, seek not a wife. Okay. But, and if thou marry, thou hast not sinned. And if a virgin marry, she hath not sinned. Amen. Nevertheless, such shall have trouble in the flesh, but I spare you. But this I say, brethren, the time is short. It remaineth that... You can, you can stop there. So bottom line, he's saying that if you choose to stay single, he's like, I'm, I'm putting a stamp on that. So I am putting this out there. Do not allow any religion, any culture, put that pressure on you that you must marry. Now, my desire, now I'm speaking to you as a pastor, and I'm speaking to what the word of God says, so I really shouldn't put pressure on my children either. But my desire also is that my children will get married. Like, I want some grandchildren. Glory to God. I want some grandchildren. I want somebody that, you know, I'm going to leave my inheritance for. You know, I really don't want to leave it to strangers, really, you know. 
My dad, when he was um, 97, right before he turned 98, he passed at 98, he was telling me, I went to one of the trips to Nigeria, and my dad was like, you know, I want to give you access to all my um, accounts, my bank accounts, because at that point, he, had fell, he fell, broke his hip, so he was bedbound at 97. So he's, he was driving up to that time still at 97. So he was like, you know what? And he would go to the banks by himself. So he told me, you know what? You know, now that I can't really leave the house, I want to give you all my access to all my banks because I'd rather you steal my money than for a stranger to steal my money. I'd rather you eat up my money than for a stranger to eat up my money. And I thought that that was funny. I didn't eat his money, by the way. He gave me access. I didn't withdraw anything that I shouldn't have. Everything after he died went back into the whatever will thing. But it's interesting how he said that, that, you know, I desire for you as my blood. I'd rather you take my money than for a stranger to take what I have labored for. So you can't really blame parents who desire for their children to get married because even I desire for all, <laughs> glory to God, all of my children to marry. But I must obey the word of God. So God forbid if one said, you know what, I don't want to. I'm going to have to be like, um, you don't know what you're saying yet. But you know what? I'll pray about it. <laughs> Glory to God. Uh, whatever the Lord say, then I'm going to let you know. It's like, Mom, it's not the Lord's choice. It's my choice. I say that I don't want to marry. It's not going to be me in Jesus' name. Because technically, I would love to see the kind of beauties that um, Dami makes. I want to see the kind of beauties that Tommy makes. I want to see the kind of beauty the twins make. And even my, my baby on the way, I want to see the kind of beauties that she's going to make. So every parent desire, but we cannot be pressured. And even for the parents, don't you cannot be God in their life. And, you know, we pressure them, we pressure them, we pressure them, and they do get married. And then they're having maybe sometimes, not all the time, having trouble in that marriage. You're not living with them. They're the ones that have to suffer. So even if they are going to eventually get married, we really need to relax on the pressure. But most especially, the audience that I'm speaking to today are those individuals that have to make that decision by themselves. And the Bible, as you have seen, says that you are not pressured to marry. And did you just read up to 35 just now? To 20? I stopped at 29. Okay, so now, finally, I would like for us to look at 32 to 35. Because it's important to know, okay, so why is it that Paul says that, look, I wish you were like me. Don't marry. Don't marry. And he already mentioned it very briefly because he says that if you marry your desire, you're going to have some challenges. You're going to have some challenges. So don't think that marriage is everything and, ooh, it's just so beautiful all the time. There is situations that you, it's going to be challenging. But please read from 32 to 35. 32. I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. Mm -hmm. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. Now, let's pause there. It says that I want you to be free from the, you know, regular hustle and bustle of this life. If a man that is married stays unmarried, um, that is unmarried, stays unmarried, he can what? 
Focus on what? The Lord's the, work. The things of God. You have focus, like you're able to keep your focus because you're not dealing with wife, kids, husband, children. Please continue. But a married man has to think about earthly responsibilities. Earthly responsibilities. And how to please his wife. Uh-huh. His interests are divided. In the same way, a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and in spirit. Uh-huh. But a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities. You gotta think about it. And how to please her husband. I am saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. Amen. As few distractions as possible. So it's, Paul is pretty much letting us know that it's good to weigh it out very well. Because speak to people that are married, okay? And if they're going to be honest with you, they're going to be honest to say that it's not a walk in the park. Sometimes it's a crawl. Kicking and screaming, oh, Lord. I've had situations where I'm like, you know, besides, I don't know if I've told you many times that, you know, sometimes I'm just like, why did I marry this African? Like, I grew up here. I should have just married somebody from here who understood how I am, you know, the things that I like, the things that I want, like open the car door, you know, in the beginning, my husband will be like, go around. <laughs> he gets in the car. <laughs> Glory to God. But over, and then I will just be like frustrated, like, why did I marry an African? Just because I watched one movie, one movie, and I saw the traditional wedding, and every, I don't know anything about the culture anymore. I just see one movie, and I was like, I'm going to marry a Nigerian. And you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to marry a Nigerian. I went to Nigeria, and Pastor was like, hey, baby, baby, <laughs> you're looking cute. And uh, you know, I feel led by the Lord. You are not going anywhere. And I was like, but I need to finish school. You can finish the rest in my backyard <laughs> glory to God so but there were many times you know after all of that good you know butterfly stages where I felt like why did I marry this African he didn't even open the door you know and then I realized that over the years it's just a matter of change he didn't know that that's a big thing for us here you know, he just felt like my arm is not broken. <laughs> you know, he has hands. I have hands. He opens his door and I open mine. But over the years, I was like, honey, you know, it's, it's, um, it's nice in a, it's being a gentleman to open the door. So now my husband opens the door for me, y'all. And he's been doing that for a long time. I think the not opening the door, maybe just the first three or four, maybe five years. And I had to get him. And there's a lot of stuff about our marriage that he had to like, oh, that's important to you? Okay, well, you know, we're going to start doing it. You know, so I'm saying all of this to let you know that it's very important to weigh it well, to make a decision. So besides all that fun stuff that I said, there are some situations because I'm called, right? Um, it's, it's obvious to me and I'm sure to others that there's a call of God on my life. And then sometimes I'm like, oh, you know, if I wasn't married, I'll be able to, you know, I would have already been able to fly around the world, maybe do more for ministry and so on and so forth. But because I have a responsibility to my husband and my children as well, it's not going to be as much of somebody who is single and what they can do. Amen. So it's important for you to know, like, are you called in ministry? Do you 
want to spend, and even if you do desire to get married, do you want to spend a good amount of time doing the work of the ministry? And we always tell young people that. Look, don't be so quick like, oh, I want to get married. I got to be married by 22. I got married at 22, and I will still say I was too young. I was too young. And, you know, even though the Lord helped me, I was too young. In fact, I was too young to be a pastor's wife when I was a pastor's wife. I was a pastor's wife at the age of 26. I'm just very, I know some 26-year-olds now, they're still, you know, in the club, doing their thing and thinking that, you know, they just have this, all this freedom. Whereas I was already a wife, I already had children, and now I'm a pastor's wife. I was too young for the role. If not for God that helped me, it's, it wasn't an easy thing, 26 years old. I mean, like, I didn't really know anything. I was barely getting to know myself. Talk less what I was, what I wanted in life. So it's important for you to weigh it out. And Paul is saying it is better. If you don't want to, don't. But if you know you cannot be like that, you're going to be, you know, desiring the lust of the flesh and all of that. He said it's better to marry. Whether you're a widow, it's better to marry. If you're thinking, oh my gosh, I just want somebody to, you know, oh God, I don't want to be alone, then marry. But it's not a necessity, most especially for individuals who have um, been married before. If you don't desire to marry, don't let anyone make you feel uncomfortable. And also, you know, the Bible talks about the unmarried or those that have never been married before, if you don't desire it, he said, I'm doing it. So if that's what you want, or you want to delay it, that's up to you. But also keep in mind that if you are a woman and you're delaying marriage, the longer you delay marriage, and this is the medical aspect of me, this is not even anything scripture, but this is the medical aspect of me that wants you to know that if you desire to delay marriage, you're also possibly delaying the time frame in which you can have children. So in medical science, we always tell people that 35 is like the cutoff. We consider it gestational. Um, I mean, I'm sorry. Um, what is the word I'm looking for? Geriatric, thank you. Geriatric um, pregnancy. So it's very important for you to know that, you know, at that 35 mark, they start looking to um, screen you for you know, make sure that the baby does not have Down syndrome and so on and so forth. But I'm just putting that out there. It doesn't mean that because you've delayed marriage that that's going to happen to you. I always love to say it, that my mother gave birth to me at the age of 47. So there is no rules when it comes to God. If you have a a covenant with your God and say, Lord, I would like to serve you between this age and this age. And when I'm ready to get married, I would like for you to please open my eyes so that I will be able to, you know, find the person that will fit me and fit even what I want to do in life. And so, Lord, I am praying that when I get to that point, I will not have issues. These are prayer points that are okay to pray about. That Lord, and some, some it's not by choice that you have um, delayed marriage, just that, you know, the right person has not come along. You can pray for God to be a blessing where there is nothing that's going to be wrong with your children. So because medical science says 
35, you have to be careful, doesn't mean that something will always happen. You know, I'm not, I don't have Down syndrome. And if anybody should, I should. I mean, 47, that's kind of pushing it. Glory to God. And, you know, I'm as sharp as ever. Glory to God. So um, it's very important to know. I'm just giving us both sides, both the positive and the things that you should watch out for. So now that we've gotten all that out of the way, how do you know? How do you know that this person is somebody that is worth marrying? Well, first and foremost, you need to make sure that Christ is the center of it all. Somebody say amen. amen. If you are in Christ, it behooves you not to marry somebody that is not in Christ. Because the Bible says that we are unevenly yoked. And even in this scripture that we're reading, Paul talks about how it is not acceptable for you to marry outside. If you want to remarry, do not. As long as you're marrying within Christ, it is okay. So the first requirement that should be on your list is that is this a child of God? But can you tell your neighbor that is not it? Say that's not all. Because if you think that you're going to find him in the church, the ones that are in the church are the ones you need to watch out for. Because, because, you know, you see a, a, I'm not putting them on blast or anything. You see a musician in church, and he's playing the drums with power. And you're thinking you're getting, you know, like, ooh, that man, the way he plays. Like, he plays with such passion. Or you see someone like Osai, not Osai, and by the way, Osai is married, by the way. His wife is where he was coming from. For all of you, Osai, do you wear a ring? Does he wear a ring? Oh, glory to God, because I ain't never seen one. But if he wears a ring, that's good. For those that are thinking maybe, ah, the way that guy plays the bass, and you're receiving revelation because he's playing in the church. Osai has a wife and children. Not children, not one child. He got children. So just in case you was thinking, I like the way he sounds. Glory to God, he's taken. But I'm just saying, if you see a musician here, they're coming to church every Sunday. And you're thinking because they play with such passion. It's the same passion he loved the Lord. No, it might not be the same passion where he, that, that he loves the Lord. Just because they are in church does not mean that they love the Lord. Amen. We have to keep in mind when we're wanting to pick a spouse that the church is a hospital. It's a spiritual hospital. And everybody in here is not about the same thing. Can you say that to your neighbor? Everybody in here is not about the same thing. Some people are looking, they, they're here to holler at ladies. And she'll be, for real. There's some guys up in here. I'm not looking, that's why I'm looking at you, Auntie Obi. <laughs> so that somebody doesn't say, and Pastor Joyce said, why were you looking at me? Because they'll come to me because I have an open door policy. And they'll say, and Pastor Joyce, why were you looking in my direction when you say, there are some guys here that they are here to see who they're going to holler at. And there's girls too. And the reason why I know that for sure is because when pastor was for, I'm putting my husband on blast today. When he first started going to church, he went up in there because the girls was like, well, you know, I'm a Christian. And if you're not a Christian and you don't go to church and I'm not going to, he said, I'll go. 
<laughs> I'll go if I have to go to top that, then I'm gonna go. <laughs> and Pastor, he, I'll go. That's that's it. I just go to church. I'll go until you say yes. I'll go. But then, of course, the Holy Spirit arrested him. Amen. Because there were, you know, look the way God works. Let me tell y'all, God will use anything. A babe, that is fine, okay? God will use whatever will get your attention to bring you to a road of Damascus. Hallelujah! If there is a call of God upon your life and you're still thinking, you know what? All these honeys, there's a lot of honeys. I don't even know where to stop. You know, and you're all about the honeys. The Holy Ghost will arrest you one day. Because while he was there... For a different agenda. And some people, they, they can witness. They, there's a lot of stories like that. The pastor is not the only one that you've been to church because of a, because of a honey. <laughs> Glory to God. But the Holy Spirit arrested him. Amen. And so I said all of that to let you be, keep in mind that it is not just the fact that he's in church or that she's in church. You need to now Know what to look for. And we're not, we're, I'm totally out of time. But I just want to give you a few things. So, you know, you want to look at the fruits. We've already said that it's not just one person. So how do you now know what is truly this child of God? <laughs> they could be a child of God, but they're not living for Christ. And they're not obeying and they cannot submit to anybody. So what do you look for? You need to look, some, look for somebody, according to Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, that is kind. The Bible says that, therefore, as God's chosen people and holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. You see somebody... You know, I always tell people, if you're looking to be with somebody, you need to test them. You know, when you get into an argument, look at how he's reacting. If he's calling you every name in the book because he's pissed off, and then he says sorry afterwards, like, you know, you just upset me. You know, I'm not normally like that. You just upset me. So because you're upset, you call me the B word? Or because you upset, you call me, you then say that I'm unfaithful and I'm, I'm sleeping with everybody in church? No, that means that you have no self-control. Because it's okay to be upset. Yeah, I was wrong. I said something or whatever. We have a little discussion or whatever and I was wrong. But it does not give you the right to call me out of my name. And so if you've mentioned it the first time, you know, that's fine. He keeps doing it. And you want to marry him. When you guys get married and he, he gets upset in front of your children, he will call you the B word. Or maybe it's not the B word for you. You know, in Nigeria, we have a whole bunch of different terrible words that can come. And I'm sure in Ivory Coast and everywhere else, Cameroon, there's some words that when you say it, you feel like fainting. Like the words is so bad, I'd rather you just, you know, just kick me in the butt. Because that is just so heavy. If, you're, if, you're, if somebody before you get married is saying all those things, Trust me, he will not change or she will not change. Because sometimes it's the women at the mouth. 
saying all kinds of stuff. There was the last um, women of women must pray last year. I was really rebuking women that you are saying all these things about your husband. You're saying all these curses on your husband because you are upset. And then you wonder why he's behaving the way he's behaving. Well, you're the woman in his life. You're the one that holds the seed. And so you're saying all these terrible things. You're going to see the manifestation. And the same thing with a man. You're saying all of this. If you call her a bee, then she's going to act like a bee. It's whatever you give her that she's going to give you back. So you want to watch out for those fruits. Empathy. Is he, can you, can somebody be there for you when you're, you know, some people, they're very good when everything is good, but they're very uncomfortable when something is wrong. They leave you. They can't relate with you when you are going through. As long as you're happy, everything is okay. But you have low moments and they can't even do anything about it. You should really be careful. Like, you know, you can't minister to me if I'm down. So they need to have empathy. And that's, you can find that in Romans chapter 12, verse 15. Honesty. Honesty. Amen. Proverbs 12, 22 says, The Lord detests lying lips. But, the, but, he, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. So test him, Lord. Test her and see, are you catching this guy often in a lie? Are you catching this girl? Are you catching her in a lie often? And you're like, you know what, you know, maybe he's just, we make excuses for what we should not make excuses for. He's lying to you before you guys go to the altar. What makes you think he's going to change when you get there or afterwards? You have caught this person in a lie. Not two, not three times. Come on. When are you going to wake up? That is not the person. Because you are a Christian doesn't mean you value fruits of the spirit. And I will not recommend anyone who does not value the fruit of the spirit. Do I hear an amen? amen. Forgiveness. You do something. Who is not going to mess up? The Bible says that even the tongue and the lips, they fight. Like sometimes you're like, ooh, like y'all calm down. You know, I'm going too fast now. My, I just bit my tongue. So if you are having a disagreement and they can't let it go, they can't forgive, you notice that they, they're, they're very, what's the word, when you're holding a grudge, every other argument he's going to bring it up. You did this. I mean, women, we do that a little bit, you know. We do it just a little bit, but you can tell if it's too much. You know, they say whatever you don't want to hear again, don't tell her. Don't tell her. If you don't want to hear it again, don't tell her. So we do it a little bit. It's a woman's, you know, trait. You know, we're going to bring it up again. Don't forget you did it before. Don't let me see it again, you know. But there's a level where you know that, no, 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 this person is not, not a forgiving person. They will bring it up. Not only will they bring it up, they will hunt you with it. They will make sure that you feel the, the, the calamity every time. That's like, you know, that narcissistic behavior, character traits. They will make you feel like you're the scum of the earth because you made one mistake and it's over. So these are the things that you look for, not how, she, how fine she is. Glory to God. 
You don't look on how well he's playing music or how well he's praying. It's good to pray, but because he's on fire, and I want to marry, you know, a prayer warrior. There's a whole lot of prayer warriors after they do all the riba, karara, riba, karara. When you're going home, I can never forget. There was when I, I used to go to uh, my that my bishop that his wife came for the women's conference. I think it was the daughter or somebody that came after a while to the church and was like, Daddy, he, he's a deacon, but when we're going home, he's calling mom and y'all, y'all, you know, got empty kids and he's saying all insulting the entire family, a deacon in the church, in prayer warrior, insults the kids all the way to church. I'm saying heavy, terrible words. He's cussing and everything. And then he gets to church. Praise the Lord, brother. Brother, brother praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. A lot of women and men, I'm talking about young people, they are hesitant about marriage because they see their daddy. They're like, my daddy is a, he's two-faced like crazy. He'll be in church. I'm going to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is good. And then he gets in the car and he cuts us up all the way home. You know, I've said many times how we need to be careful how we speak to our children. Well, our children are also seeing our marriages and how we relate with one another. And so they are able to discern that, yeah, I'm not going to marry somebody like my daddy. Or, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not going to marry a woman like my mom because she, uh-uh, she's too much. I don't know. You know, some kids, they actually go to their dad. I don't know how you're dealing, man. <laughs> Mommy is too much. Right? Like, she can't stop at the mouth. You're like, how do you handle it? And the dad's like, son, don't worry. I just, you know, God is helping me. You know, so it's very important to know that some of these things that I've given you is what you look for. Don't just look at one area. You have to be able to see fruits that, okay, this person is, has the fruit of the spirit. And not only that, with the, it doesn't mean that this, this individual that you want to consider for marriage does not have flaws. Can I hear an amen? Everybody has flaws. You do not dis, uh, disqualify someone because of a few flaws. It is up to you to determine, can I live with this? There's some things, it's just a no for you, yeah? Like, it's a no. Some people are not communicators. But if not, maybe you're the type of person you can actually get somebody to speak. So if they have little, little flaws that is not like a huge character flaw, you know? Like, huge character flaw for me is you a liar. You lie, brother. You can lie. And the dead will wake up and say, you lying. Stop lying. You know, can you imagine you go to somebody, we were just at a burial, and she was open the entire time. People were saying stuff about her. And she know, while she's laying dead there, that this man hated her. Oh, you know, she was such a wonderful woman to me, and I loved her so much. You lying. <laughs> she wake up. She wakes right up and says, you are lying. Stop lying. And then she dies back again. <laughs> Like, I just have to come back from the dead to say that you a liar. So that's a major character flaw. You lie for no reason. He's telling you he has 10 maids in Nigeria with a, with a, with a I don't know, a mansion. 
for no reason. I don't even need your mansion to marry you. Why are you lying for no reason? Some people are like that. You know that he needs psychiatric evaluation. Refer him to me or Dr. Obi. You know what I'm saying? Because something is wrong. He is a pathologist. Something, he's a compulsive liar. He needs medication. <laughs> he needs medication to stop, relax his composure. Compo and then if somebody is stealing, you notice that your girlfriend that your is, she steals. The first time you kind of overlooked it, nah, 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 she didn't really take that. <laughs> she didn't really take that from the store. But then you know that she's stealing. So brother, I, I'm going to have to advise you. That's a major character flaw. Because when, when, when the president invites you, Joe Biden invites you to the White House, she steals one of the George Washington stuff. <laughs> It's not going to be good. You don't want somebody with a huge character flaw. Klepto. No, no, please. Please. You either let them go to Dr. OB. She's more experienced than me. Glory to God. Because we need to do a fast work. The diagnosis will come faster. Dr. OB, he's stealing for no reason. Give him the medication, even if you're going to consider him. Because I'm not going to say write him off because he's, he's not... He's a klepto. He needs a medication to reduce that compulsion. And if you choose to marry him after that, that's uh, your decision. Because you're going to be the one to marry him. Will you please stand on your feet? We hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, Visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org.